Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and this week I'm bringing out the big guns. I am having my man, my dad, my hero join us on this conversation. Before we get into meeting him, because I know people are going to just love him if you don't already know him already, and truly enjoy this daddy-daughter daughter time on what I'm going to term as reality radio, radio, I want to do a little bit of recap of last week's show, which was called Real Time, where I had my version of Gail King, which is my best friend Melissa, on air with me. And we really talked about how a true social net is a true friend. And Melissa and I have known each other for decades now, and she's always got my back. And to just give props to Melissa because she was calling me from the side of the road. Her day job involves a lot of schmoozing and cruising, and she's on the road a lot doing her rounds. And she actually pulled over on the side of the road to talk to us. So I'm just very happy. And Melissa, I love you. Thank you. And I look forward to having you, having you on as a regular guest. Again, she's my gal. She's my gal. Now, this week, we're basically after every single show that I do, what I speak to one of a few people. It's either my husband, my mom, my sister, or my father, depending on who's available and not busy at the time. And after each show, they give me some really great feedback. And this is the fourth show of Mama's Pearls. And when I was really thinking about what I wanted to do this week, it was kind of to just take a step back and see how how we've come and, frankly, how, how the show's going. Now, every time I talk to my dad, he has the best notes, and I've been getting some great feedback from my friends. I'm open to feedback at any time. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter address is Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. And my email address is Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. Please email me. I'd love to hear from you and, and be honest. There's, there's no BSing here needed. So when I was thinking about, okay, if I'm going to do this on air and really take stock of how I've done, how many mistakes I've made, et cetera, et cetera, I was like, who better to do this than my father? Because he's always told it to me straight. Whenever I've had to review anything, I look to him for, for guidance. And he's always had such a straight moral compass. Like he will just tell me black and white, and I know he has my best interest in heart. And the, um, the pearl for today when I was thinking about the broader aspects of what I wanted to get into and the wisdom behind the power of reviewing and doing that on a frequent basis, seeing where you are, what you've done, what choices have you made in your past, how has that led you to your present, and where are you going into your future? Now, you've all heard the slogan, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. No, no, fool me, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That's kind of my, my mantra this week is taking a look of um, taking a look back and reviewing my past on the show and seeing how we can bring it forward in a in a in a great, fantastic way and sharpening up the skills, which obviously I still need. But um, my blog this week is taking stock. The pearl of today is try again or not. 
Because again, are you going to continue to make make the same mistakes? You might. Eventually, you might learn. And I find as we go on and grow up and evolve and mature, we're more adept to seeing what it is that really works for us and eliminating the waste. And I find that's a really important and valuable skill. Some people are so clear and they have no misgivings about brushing something off that doesn't work for them. I, growing up, wasn't one of those, per- those persons. That was a skill that I had to acquire and learn. Um, and I think it's a, it's, it's a really invaluable gift to be able to do that and to be clear in what's going to work for you and what's not. So um, I was looking up different, different quotes and doing some research for the show, and I came across um, Albert Hubbard, who is an interesting character in American history. He was a writer. He was a publisher. And one of his quotes was, constant effort and frequent mistakes are the stepping stones to genius. And I was like, that's just perfect because nobody can do this alone and in a vacuum. And I don't necessarily want to follow in his footsteps because he wound up sinking on a ship um, if before World War One, it was called like the Lusitania. My dad, who is a history buff, I'm sure can chime in and help me help me put those pieces together. But um, it was one of the the second grandest ship after the Titanic. So I have no I have no interest in going down that way. So and I don't need to be as grand as the Titanic. Like I said, there's no bells and whistles on this show. There is no music. I would love some music though. So I've got to figure out how to do that as as intro. But if I'm going to introduce my dad, my dad is my creator. So if you can all picture with me, I promised my brother-in-law that I would not sing on the show ever. So if you can all kind of hear in your mind the sound that you would that you would expect to hear when you're opening <laughs> the pearly gates, that is the sound that I hear with my dad. My father is a working father. He's a husband, he's an adventurer, he's a barbecue master, he's always been my hero, and he is the world's proudest grandpa. He's also the show's biggest fan, he's the show's biggest critic, and I'm I'm very, very happy to introduce you all and to welcome my father, Larry. Hi, Dad. Hi. You awake? (laughs) Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Did I put you to sleep? Are you still here? No, no, I'm not, I'm not snoring yet. I'm, I'm doing good. That was nice. I'm definitely here. Hi, Dad. Hi, Sin. Well, okay. So what I want to really first start out is how your world completely changed in a much better way and, and what is probably the best day of your life, which is the day that I was born. One of the better days of my life. I've been lucky enough to have more than one. I know for you that's hard to believe, but I had more than one. Well, I think I think a lot of people, you know, as children, feel this way with their parents that their parents had no life before they came into the picture. That's a hundred percent true, and that's something that makes, as a parent, the, the that aspect of seeing a child with that attitude, that wonder. That complete attachment to you changes your life in a heartbeat. And to follow on what you had asked me previously, you're the, the, from the time literally you're a couple of minutes born 
Uh, and I was a rather young man at the time. I was a, uh, I, you know, used the word out, adventurer, outdoorsman, um, more of a, a uh, athletic jock type guy, and uh, here who comes from a background, by the way, of all male. I have two, I had two brothers. I have seven male cousins, so we all grew up in the same neighborhood together. That was my background. Uh, I come to the hospital, which was another thing, because uh, I had the opportunity to do the New York Grand Prix. You know, once in a lifetime opportunity. I figured that I could drive as wildly as I wanted, and if I got stopped, I could say, my wife's giving birth. i got to get to the hospital. Um, uh, and I, you got to the hospital. Had a nice delivery for my wife. They brought you out, and the man who brought you out happened to be my a relative of my family, who was the doctor who had delivered me in the same hospital, and who had delivered all my male cousins, <laughs> and had delivered a boy to my oldest brother. So. You comes out with you in his hands, literally yelling, I can't believe it. I did it. I delivered a girl to the family. <laughs> and I go, a girl? Put, I remember it like yesterday. He put you in my arms. You looked up at me. I looked down at you, and boom, there was a bond, a connection. A mutual admiration society was formed instantly. Mm -hmm. and Love at first sight. Yeah, it was, and that you know, those are the things that, as a parent, I had to grow. And I had, a, I didn't know what that meant to be a parent. Uh, you know, I was at that stage where I was constantly fighting with my parents um, over my independence, the family independence, all the issues you go through uh, as you as you're forming your own family, um, or you can go through. It depends on who you're dealing with, of course. But it it, it occurred to me that. This what has developed since then is really no different than that first moment. We've been very fortunate that, uh, as you said in your opening, uh, every time we are in contact, we have that same feeling. Mm -hmm. That's something that's never lost. Now, as a parent, I had to learn to nurture that. I had to accept who you were as a person and not see you as... I might be your one of be your creators, but you are not me. <laughs> you are your own unique individual. And the key of parenting, I, I, my your mother, mother and I have always tried to be the types of parents that will steer with a with a light hand rather than a heavy hand. You want to get you going in the right direction, but you don't necessarily want the child to know that you're pushing them in that direction. Right. Um, and it's um, it's it's been a wonderful experience for me. Uh, I, I just uh, cannot say how between you and your sister, I they that's the joy that was up until the, to the point of both of you having children. Though that was a, that's what carried me in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there, I I think. Um, I think it's fair to say you're definitely the luckiest dad in the world. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I won't argue with that. <laughs> you're the luckiest dad in the world. And 
and you're one of the best dads in the world. You Well, thank you. Oh, you are welcome. You are have and have always been there even though I you know, I remember you just working these crazy long hours. Um and you'd be out a lot of times before I was even up in the morning and I would, you know, really try to wake up early so you would actually give me oatmeal in the morning. I remember that because remember that nobody else mm-hmm. makes oatmeal quite like you. And um, and you would come home late at night, but even even in your absence, you were still present. And I remember you just being there. And the time that we had together was such quality time and... It was um, it was just it was just always easy with you, and I always respected your opinion. You were always at made time to come to my volleyball games and anything else that I had going on, and you were such a guiding force. And you know, one of the things I'm talking about, in, you know, this week and is a constant theme is the work life life balance because it kills so many parents on levels of just not being able to spend as much time with your children as you want because we need to make a living. And, you know, I know that's something that that you always carried and you never, I, you know, I, I always admired your work ethic because you never really minded having a job and having to work. You know, at least I don't, uh, you know, at least on my end. I mean, I know that you've uh No, that's, I, I agree about that, it, that, is, that is that is one of the responsibilities of life. I mean, that's just something most of us aren't going to get around. You, and I have also been fortunate. I, I chose to do something, and many years, 40 years later, I still sort of enjoy the, what I do. So, Well, you went into your family business, and yeah. one of the things that we talked about in two shows ago is following our dreams. And was that your childhood dream to basically work in your family business? I don't know if it was my – my viewpoint was my dreams were my dreams as far as uh, being a – actually, you know, sports hero, being a uh, fighter pilot, something more on those lines. But the reality of life, I got married, I had kids, I needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't do it with regret because I was fortunate enough that I had a business that I had – experience that I liked. I tried a few other things and I didn't like them as much. What else uh, did you try? I don't know. If I was I know a that. teacher for a week. For a week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really enough. putting an effort. Okay. Uh, well, I said, you know what? If I'm going to get this much aggravation, I might as well do something I like. <laughs> and the pay at the time was about the same. So What what did you what did you teach? I uh, I taught the uh the the door to the school because I, I you didn't I happen to be a rather large guy, uh, uh, and what they—I'm supposed to be a teacher, but they put me as more as a security guard. Oh, that's so funny! In the school, and I kept saying, "Well, get me in a classroom." And I say, "Actually, it was two weeks, I believe." But it was after the first week, I kind of knew I was leaving. Yeah. Uh, But you know, get me in a classroom, and I might stay. But it didn't happen that way. Well, didn't you also entertain the the notion of um, going to law school and being a lawyer? I made law school. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I when I graduated college, I applied for law school and I made law school, and it was a uh, whole decision that had to be made. Uh, I was married already, by the way. Uh, your mother and I uh, had, to, you know, I had to make the final decision. That, you know, your mother was a positive influence because she was working and was willing to support us. Um, but the question became, I did not want to 
I don't like to assume the ability that I don't think I will fulfill. Mm-hmm. And I think Wait, that's something. I think you would have been a great lawyer. I don't doubt that I could, but at the particular time, I was not folk. I didn't think I could focus enough on the studying that you have to do, which is, may I add, which is one of the things that I deeply respected about you when you decided to become a lawyer and you did what you had to do to not only get the grades in the school but to pass the bar, which that is not the simplest thing to do. That's There's an amount of dedication that you have to do there that I, for whatever reasons are going on in my life, I was not ready to I was not ready to make that commitment. Right. So yeah, let's, let's, not, I, let's not talk about the bar exam. I don't want to go into post-traumatic <laughs> stress right now. <laughs> I still have nightmares about it. But, no. um, but okay, so speaking of um, daddy-daughters working together, I'm going to invite our callers to call in. Trisha, if you and your dad are listening, you guys have to call in. Because um, <laughs> Trisha and her dad are both lawyers. They work together, and they are just... They're just the best, and um, Trisha's dad is a crazier Yankee fan than you are. So yeah, well, that call- says a lot. Yeah, the <laughs> the call-in number is three four seven three two seven nine four five zero. And Val, I know you're listening, so you can call in any time. Um, so again, following your dreams, working working through it, and doing compromises based on supporting your family is a is a common thread in 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 our shows and in parents lives it's it's something that a lot of people are are faced with and and the unfortunate part of those circumstances are when people make choices and then live their life in regret because either possible limitations on the expansion of themselves as a person as opposed to the needs of the family or the not being able to, uh, you know, fulfill their dreams. Uh, my dreams, I think, were fulfilled by the fact that your mother and I were able to create a very happy family life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did work too much. Uh, I always had that regret. Uh, I know um, you and your sister <laughs> uh, had, you know, had gave me the nickname Grumpy when you were younger. Uh, which every time we went to Disney World, you guys were sure to go off and get me a grumpy hat to remind me, which I always thought was extremely cute. And right, right on cue, I see Val calling in. So this is my (laughs) this this is my first attempt at this. So let's let's see if we can do it. Hello, hello, hi Val, welcome, sister, welcome, hi Dad. So um, the second best day of your life. The second day of your life was when you were born. That's why I said to Cynthia, that's not the second day best day. I said that I've had a lot of best days. Mm. (laughs) I've got to say this, and I've said this before, it's the fact of the original experience. When you experience something the first time, that's a great thing. When you get to experience it again and you have all the wonderment and all the enjoyment out of it, that is even as, as... or better. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. I came first. <laughs> Deal with it, Val. <laughs> and you paved the way quite nicely for me, if I might say so. For those listening. I Okay. Let me just back up here and introduce the world to Val. Okay. Oh, boy. 
Um, no, no, no. My sister is the best gift my parents have ever given me. And it is true. And you are now a new mom mm-hmm. to the most delicious little niece in the world. Yep. And you have come such a long way in yourself. I am incredibly proud of you. And I know you also, as a mom, are dealing with the work-life balance issue. And just one more thing is that my sister and I are like the definition of sisters. She is my closest friend, my closest ally. We absolutely love each other. We've been so close for so long, except for like a couple of years when I was a teenager where I wasn't really that nice to her. But... um, But um, she's just awesome. So hello, Valerie, and welcome to Mama's Pearls. Hello. This is about uh, Dad, though, so we'll take it back to him. I can have my own show. Yes, you will definitely (laughs) come on. (laughs) Yes, we'll definitely have you as my featured guest. So do you have a question for your father today? No, I just think I have um, a point of saying, you know, not to make it a total love fest, but, you know, how it was so nice. I mean, I know a lot of people that didn't have present fathers, you know, growing up, and they kind of look to my dad as being, you know, the daddy role. And, you know, I feel here all the time of how lucky I am of having, you know, such a great father. And now I see kind of having my own daughter and how my husband's involvement with her and how great he is. And, you know, there's just a bond between you know, daddies and daughters, that is just incredible. It so sure is. hats off it's to you, Dad. Yeah, there there's yep. nothing there's nothing quite like it. Now, Dad, yeah. how did you being a guy's guy coming from a family of all really guy guys manage to live and survive with Val Three. Three girls and my mom. And we're, you know, neither of us being wallflowers, all of us demanding our own attention, and all of us being different kind of, kinds of girls. Well, I, it was a, a transformation that took time. <laughs> it wasn't something that happened overnight. It took a lot of battles with uh, my partner, who had to really help me make the transition. Um, uh, it was an enjoyment to... to be the dad to create the family, which there are a lot of conscious thoughts that go into being a parent. It's not, to to me anyway, to to your mother, it's not a, it shouldn't be a haphazard thing. There's some definite decisions, definite discussions that should be had when you interact with your kids, when you see your children. You need to form a balance as a family. And the balance is that the kids have certain roles and you as a parent have need to provide for them so that they can become who they are. I have found through life when I my friends and their children or my peers, when parents exert too much influence, when parents are trying to make their children their clones, Mm-hmm. Usually negative things happen. Mm-hmm. There's too much pressure in the situation. There's too much conflict in the situation. 
So as a parent, I always felt that you you want your kids to be safe. I think that's the biggest fear of any parent uh, is the safety of your child, the biggest concern, I should say, and it relates to fear, um, especially to me. I'll speak from the eye in that I was always, you know, as you say, I was used to guys getting out in the world and taking care of themselves. Uh, girls, I <laughs> that I had a different viewpoint on it. I didn't know uh, how girls grew up, for instance. I except that's my friends that I had from when I was in school. Um, especially it, in the news and everywhere, all you hear is the bad. You don't hear about the good. So exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. Brace that. I mean, I've experienced it now in my day. There were things going on. Uh, nowadays, obviously, times are scary. You know, it's just times are always scary because you always have the fear of the safety of your loved ones. That's what life is about, how you balance it. Um, I think the, it's also a matter of girls are seen as more vulnerable and, and more susceptible as, as, prey. as prey. So, you know, you know, balancing that with, you know, having crazy hormones raging as teenagers, you know, I definitely know that it couldn't have been an easy time for you um, when Val and I were teenagers. But uh, No, but, you know, I, I had an expectation of that. <laughs> that I, of course, again, I, uh, even as a guy, believe it or not, goes through his things when he's a teenager also. So, you know, you always, you sort of know that that, those are the years that are going to be the really rough ones, and you just try uh, to provide some framework that the kids can, I call it experiment, they can go out and prove, develop their own identities, develop their sense of the world. Uh, and if you two remember, when I, every night that you guys were going out, I had the same line for years because it it was not only a thought that I wanted you to carry with you, it was also my wish and that is go out, have fun, be safe. Mm-hmm. And if you take that statement apart, it's not just saying it to you. To, yeah, you know, go out and have fun. Go out and experience the world. Mm-hmm. Go out and do the things that teenagers are supposed to do. You know, do things with your friends. Create whatever life interests that you're going to have the rest of your life. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to... Uh, follow my interests, you know, I'm, I was, I'm an avid sports fan, have been my whole life. Um, well, uh, I, I, I solidly watched every single game with you when I was younger. When you were young. Now, the interesting thing about that is you were <laughs> uh, and your sister's on the line, when you were younger, you were a tomboy mm-hmm. until Val came around. Actually, right through school, you, you participated in sports. You, I, I was a tomboy. When I met Melissa at camp, it kind of lessened, but I was, exactly. always a, I was always a tomboy. Right. I was never athletic. a tomboy. Athlete, you went to athletics, you wanted to play, you weren't there sitting, you know, dreaming. Val is yes. the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I remember we, she was four years old, five years old, or two, you know, we wanted her to play soccer like her sister did. She gets on the field, she's looking at her nails, she's doing her hair, and the ball doesn't come right to her. She doesn't try to hit it. That, yeah, sounds about right. Guess, <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's Val. She's not going to run and get a sweat. You know, no. God, Val, Val doesn't is, do that. Val is definitely the girly girl. Val <laughs> is the girly girl. That's who Val was, and you were, Cynthia not. was not a girly girl. No, I'm still she, not. You were busy. You were athletic. 
you know, and the the relationship to me was okay, you know, they both. Hello, Aww, Bella. Hi. Uh, <laughs> and my uh, and introducing my listeners to my littlest fan. <laughs> that's <laughs> my <is>. niece. <laughs> Uh, My littlest, um, biggest fan. Yes. She has a shirt that says, I love Mama's Pearls on right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's my most loyal listener. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's interesting as a parent. Uh, you want your kids to develop. You want them to have interests in life. Uh, you want it to be the, I don't want to say correct, but you want to have them to be positive interests rather than negative stuff that they get into. But you have to be careful how much you exert your influence. Um, Cynthia, as a tomboy younger, right, uh, into sports, Val couldn't be bothered. Now, whenever there's a World Series playoff game, football game, who do I get calls every five minutes from talking about the action? Is it Cynthia? No, it's Valerie. <laughs> this is what, and as a parent, I, you know, I, I, I chuckle because, again, I can, as a parent, as you grow older, as your kids develop, as they become adults, there's a kaleidoscope that exists within your mind. I still, as I said earlier, I can see Cynthia the day that she was put in my hands. I remember the day Val was put in my hands. And the difference in the feeling, not the love, but there's a difference to the attachment because you're attaching to a different human being. And that's, as a parent, is what's so important to focus on. They're sisters. They're not clones. Mm -hmm. They're not you. They're not their sister. They are individuals. As a parent, I, your mom and I always worked extremely hard to try and develop both of you girls, or both our children, I should say, and that they should follow who they are, that they can grow up, Become an adult who has a concept of what in life makes them happy. And as a parent, that's really about all you can do. You can't live, we all like to live a life and bubble wrap our kids and keep them nice and safe their whole lives. Well, unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. Well, and I remember you always saying, um, it reminded me of this yesterday when we were talking a little bit about today, was an ounce of protection is a pound of cure. An ounce of prevention. Prevention? Prevention. I thought it was protection. Prevention. An ounce of prevention. <laughs> well, that's her whole thought. An <laughs> uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound. now turned upside down. It still kind of works. An ounce of pre prevention is a pound of cure. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that's been, uh, that was passed down from your, from your grandmother, believe it or not. Um, she had some good ones. So yes, my mother definitely had some good ones. <laughs> um, what what I really want to just highlight is um, when you were saying about Valerie and I going out and exploring, and and I do remember you say this, and you still do say this to me: is go out, have fun, be safe. Was as your child going out, I, and what was different than being with my other friends where we would go out and they would like panic, oh, my parents don't know where I am, my parents this, my parents that. They were so worried about their parents that, one, they couldn't focus on having a good time. And I was able to focus on having a good time knowing that wherever I was, if I needed a ride, I could call you and you would be there. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I remember this with both you and mom. You and mom didn't care. 
um, at least in that moment, it was more important that if I was stranded and the people I was with was drinking and I needed a ride home because one of them was supposed to be my ride, I knew enough not to get in that car. I could call my dad or my mom and they will come and get me. And there was only it was only me and my friend Erica who really had that. Erica's dad would be like the other alternate dad who would come pick us up. Other than that, like some of my friends, like they would be stranded and they would get in trouble. I mean, I might get, you know, a, we might, Valerie and I might have gotten a talking to let, the day after about where were you, what were you doing, were you being safe, and it's not to say that Valerie and I didn't get grounded um, on occasion for doing certain things, but I at least always felt safe. And you, you and Mom also, after a certain age, I think it was even like after my um, 10th grade or going into 11th grade, I don't remember you guys ever giving me a curfew, which gave me freedom not to just run wild, but... Oh, I had a curfew. Yeah? I'm here. Okay. Val, you still here? Yeah, I just, I lost you for a second. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. We're, okay. Well, we're all still here on Mama's Pearls. I'm talking to my father, Larry, and my sister, Valerie, and we are talking about our experiences um, with my father as his girls, and my dad is sharing with us his experience of being a guy's guy dealing with girls and the work-life balance. So um, that's one of the, the feedback that I've gotten on my show is to kind of remind people <laughs> where they are and what they're listening to. I think that's an important part of your show. Yeah, and for the last 10 minutes, I do really want to get into feedback, so we'll kind of um, close out the the daddy-daughter love fest and kind of talk about... We'll we'll bring it back to me and talk about me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. How selfish of us. (laughs) So, um, but it was really important for me when I was out with my friends that I wasn't caught up in the panic of, oh my God, do my parents know? I mean, I actually, I actually was on the other extreme in that I think I told you and mom too much. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let's just say the I've said many times to many people. I had one daughter who told me what I didn't want to hear or more than I needed to know, TMI as it's called today, I believe. And I had another daughter who I I might as well be talking to a clam to try and get something out. But you always knew where I was. Uh, Yeah, but... Yeah, you were out. I had a better chance of finding out from your sister what you were doing than I would ever find out from you. Way to tell on me, Sid. Okay. Um, Years later, of course, after the fact. Right. But I always had that comfort, and again, I always knew that you and Mom had my back, and you were there for us. And, you know, there's so much warfare going on in people's houses um, Mm. that stems a lot from insecurity. And one thing I always felt was really secure. I mean, you, Mom, and Val were and still are my my home. You know, obviously our home has now expanded, um, 
and we've always brought in, it seems like we always brought in refugees, um, <laughs> but that's something that I just knew and that I really respected, hi Bella, that I really respected you and, and mom as parents and something that I see with my children when I'm getting too in their faces, like I try and remember that and, and back off and ha- having it so they establish their own guidance and their own independence and their own um, really intuition about what's going to work for them. Now, we haven't even branched into talking about your joy as a grandfather because you are just one of the happiest grandfathers out there. Um, And we can can, touch upon that a little bit, but I do really want to get into kind of the the nuts and bolts of – of reviewing and critiquing, critiquing the show and um, and really bringing that out because I want people to know that I, I am listening to feedback and my me being a perpetual student is to constantly grow and um, and improve. So, which is, hmm? which is a good goal. Yeah. Yep. Well, some, it's something that I learned from from you and mom was was not to get stuck. Mom, I mean, Mom absolutely would would not tolerate that, and she still doesn't tolerate that if we get. Says, yeah, your mother will not tolerate that at all. No, 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 no. You you cannot get stuck. You, we are never done in our in our evolution in our evolutionary process. Well, we all need to keep growing as individuals. One of the things you mentioned, Cynthia, of of, of being the happiest grandparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's tremendous for me to evolve to get to that stage. Uh, and the, uh, the the basic reason for that, you have all the joy of watching a young child discover the world, and you don't have any of the really heavy responsibilities of it. It's a very freeing thing. Mm. It, it, it's something that um, you know when you there's constant jokes among my generation about boy, why couldn't we skip the parenting stage and go and write the grandparenting? Right. Uh, and and it's and it's and it's tangible it's not even something you got to guess at if you're a grandparent you know right away what somebody says it means when they say that because a lot of the worry is removed you don't have the direct day-to-day battle not only with the child but with yourself and how you're handling the child mm-hmm. um, and and that does cause conflict that's just a part of the natural state uh, you have the freedom to okay, I have the children for this weekend. Let's play, and, and I love that. Well, one of the well, I also love the response of when I uh, now Bella gives me little coos when she squeaks. I see your kids and they go Grandpa Larry, Grandpa Larry. Oh, That's yeah. enough to make my day. Oh, forget it. They're, yeah, they're we're all the... chopped liver to Grandpa Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but the thing that that I love about seeing my kids with you and mom is just it's just it's just the coolest i mean one colby reminds me of you and val so much i mean it's just freaky when any anybody ever asked me about like 
oh, I'm considering marrying this boy or having kids with this guy, and I'm wondering if my kids are going to be like him. I'm like, wait, you have to take a step back and look in the entire gene pool because my son is like a combination of my dad, my sister, and my husband. And your husband, don't leave <laughs> so. Yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, reminds me of your husband, actually. And, you know, and I see his mannerisms and his, you know, his body is like your your body. His mannerisms are like Craig, and he looks like Val. It's just freaky. <laughs> and when he's with you, and I remember even in the beginning, especially him being like the first boy in a line of girls in our family, um, you know, with you know, after me and Val, and just seeing you and Colby form your own bond was just was just the coolest thing. And he, you definitely hold a really high special place in in his heart. And what gets me with with Casey is when she she is like me in her attachment to you and how she sits with you. And I can't tell you how many times where I walk in and like you're sitting with her like. You know, nuzzling her in your arm, which, which by the way, my dad is like the most comfortable, biggest teddy bear. And when she's nuzzled up in you, and you'd be like, "This is exactly how you were." And when you're holding her, you know, on your arm and walking around, like she, you were just like, "This is how I walked with you for like ten years." <laughs> and, you know, that's that's just amazing to me to see that um, that bond passing down a generation. Like I said, with your kids, I thought I ranked high, but I'm like, push the side, see you later, <laughs> step on you when Grandpa Larry comes in the room. Auntie Val uh, yeah. and Uncle Frank are very important to those. you got to mention that they're around and that they, they perk up in a hurry. Yeah. I, 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 you know, we have a, a newborn, Val's child, Isabella, and I've had the pleasure the last couple of weeks to help to watch her for a while and you say well you know it's an infant it's just she's uh, three months old what do you get well i will tell you that i was sure she knows who her grandpa larry is now mm-hmm. because she gets the biggest smiles <laughs> biggest coos when i'm there she's so cute it's crazy that is true <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. But I would like to add one other thing, which is as a parent, and, and you're watching the growth of your children uh, to, you know, there's the concerns, there's uh, battles here or there along the way you might have uh, as you uh, disagree on what the best task for them to take or, or commenting on decisions that they had made and trying to hold them responsible for the decisions that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that is an enlightenment and is and my place right now, uh, I can honestly say I, w- I was very glad at the decisions my daughters made as far as mates. Uh, you said mates. Yeah, mate. I said mates. Uh, their husbands both are uh, and certainly very they're not similar type guys except for the fact they're both really good guys, and that's to, to me is the most important thing. Mhm. And I will agree with that. I think it's yeah. um I think it's a testament to you as far as the type of quality that Valor and I looked for in our husbands. Um and and right on cue, mine just walked in the room. But um but you know, and people do say that that that, that girls tend to marry somebody who's similar to their father. Now, not to hmm. 
Yeah, where it's uh, similar. Craig's not going to like it. Your, your husband's not going to like hearing that. Well, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that he he's a clone of you by any means, but he's, or not to make it weird in that sense, but I think it's, you know, who you become Character used to. Character traits. Yeah, it's who you become used to and who you see in kind of a paternal role. And, um, you know, both Craig and, and Val's husband, who he likes to joke with me, if our mom is pearls, he's daddy diamonds. So, yeah, he they have similar traits in terms of having a strong work ethic and being solid and being devoted to their families. Yep. And, you know, I see... And, and our excellent fathers who love being, who really enjoy being fathers, and I love seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if Valerie and I would have recognized that or looked for that in, in some... It's, it's, we're, we're running out of time, so we're going to have to get to the comments next time. But um, but if we were to really recognize that in somebody without having you as a role, and I think people who don't grow up with a strong father figure don't know what to what to look for. So, um, and there's guides and there's therapists, and probably you know after after this this call, um, I'm going to go need to call my therapist. But um, but I think that it's just it's just in, in, important to whoever you bring in your life, even if it's just a single mom and there are ki- and a single mom raising your kids, is to be able to exemplify and bring other people, even if it's not a spouse, other male roles and proper figures that are really going to... Um, I'm just going to ignore her because as I learned after my first show, um, mm-hmm. even if I think the show is over, it, in terms of my allotted time schedule, it still records. <laughs> so uh, we can continue talking for a couple of minutes. Um, and I think it's really important that no matter where you where you are, even if it's just you and your parent, you and your kids, to um, to think about the appropriateness of who you um, you're leading by example and who you introduce them to. And I think as as girls, it's even that much more important to have men around you who really um, respect you and don't objectify you. And that was something that I felt um, very strongly with you that and and with the father figures in in our lives, you know, our uncle, Uncle Jack, and um, other male figures, where it was just it was not objectified. It was a very pure um, relationship, and I think that's something that we always are very concerned about with with girls. Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to I'm going to leave it there. I want to thank my dad for joining us and being my, here. My pleasure, Cynthia. It was a, it was my pleasure, really, and um, and it'll be the first of many, as I'm sure I'm sure um, our guests and listeners are going to want to hear more from you, and try and figure out a little bit more of where I came from, and wanting to hear more about the timeouts that I've gotten, and um, and to Val, thank you for calling in. I think we're actually all going to see each other later. Am I not correct? Am I correct? I think so. Okay, good. So um, we got a date with Bella, and I wanted to remind people again where to find me. You can check out my blog on www.mamaspearls.blogspot.com. 
www.thebookshop.com. You can listen to any of the archives from this show and my past shows on www.blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. Again, you can email me at cynthia at mamaspearls.com. My, you can follow me on Twitter, which is Sintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. And I just wanted to take this time on Mama's Pearls to just remind you to honor your family and enjoy your children. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>